Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Podcast the Movie, the podcast bonus edition. It's me, one of your hosts, Logan Henderson, here with my good friend, fan of the show. He's been here since day one. He's always given us feedback and critique, especially about, you know, some of our opinions about, I don't know, Back to the Future as an example. <laughs> uh, that's just one of maybe many examples where we disagreed on, but um, he's here with me today. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. Mr. Dex Crumley, what's going on, bud? Uh, hi. Um, you know, I'm doing pretty good. Um, you know, I heard a little shit about Back to the Future. <laughs> Here we go. An entire episode of it, to yeah. be exact. Y- um, and and you, you had a problem with that? I have a big problem with that. So is that what we're going to jump into immediately? <laughs> Let's go for it. Okay. Okay. So um, do I need to remind you about how I feel about Back to the Future and the problems that I have with it? No. Okay. <laughs> but I'm just saying your problems are bullshit. Bullshit. Yes. Okay. What makes you say that? It's a fun 80s movie. You know, you take everything too serious, I think. You know, you you just... <sighs> I've never heard this one before. Right? I, come on. I mean, it's cheesy. We all know it's cheesy. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think... I mean, if someone is going to argue with you about that, about it being cheesy, well, they're just wrong. It is. It's... 80s to the max yes uh yeah i think you're just looking too deep into it it's a really simple movie just with a really fun plot that's well, it. I, so so actually here's here's my thing on that it comes across as a simple movie when you watch it now because it's considered a classic it's something that you know uh gen xers grew up with so like our parents age grew up with and so they made us watch it and and we're supposed to revere it as much as them and I can get that maybe you're supposed to look at it with a less critical eye. And to be fair, I don't look at it with a critical eye. I think I got misunderstood when people thought that I was taking it too seriously. You can make an argument that maybe I still am, but I'll try to explain what I meant by that. So the movie uses certain things, certain elements, in order to drive its plot forward. And it uses things like science and like time travel oh, yeah, and, course, and, 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 and things like that. And it tries to explain some of those things, and it tries to give you some of the rules. Like um, Doc Brown is usually the guy that's saying, "Hey, this is, this is what we can do in this movie." Yeah, right? but you also have to remember Doc Brown disobeys his own rules in the film. Yeah, that's a big problem that I have with it, right? Because it's, so here's the thing: whenever you have a time travel movie, and 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 really this is this is my thing. I've said since the beginning, I'm not a huge fan of most time travel. Because I think that it either it, it usually relies on that being the interesting thing of the movie, and everything else around it usually is done in a lazy way for me. So in Back to the Future, for example, yeah, the time travel thing is cool. It's one of the earliest and most successful time travel stories ever told. But the other B plots and things going on with it, as far as like the you know the 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 Marty trying to go back to the to the future and the way that he has to do that is by getting his parents to hook up that's super weird and then in the process in the process his mom basically wants to bone him that's super weird and in the process the childhood bully that his dad had biff rapist right and then we continue right and then in the future i guess they just were like well 
I know he tried to rape you before, but uh, yeah, we'll go ahead and hire him. What the fuck is that, dude? <laughs> what the hell is going on? There, and that, and that's where I think I have, I have a lot of problems. So one last thing I'll say it again before you respond is I can look past certain things in, a, in like a fun throwaway flick like that and it'd be fine. It's just that this movie has so many things that it doesn't even try to hide. It doesn't even try to to work around or explain. It's just right out there in the open. It and 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 they're just so lazy about how they go about explaining some of those things that to me it comes across as disingenuous and it felt like it was a cash grab. Like they took um what's his name? What's uh Michael J. Fox? Yeah. You know, he was he was super popular coming into this and uh and then they they just they just made something a cash grab and it just felt a little disingenuous to me. What was Michael J. Fox on before Back to the Future? He was on the TV show. It was the whole reason he couldn't uh, yeah. be on it to begin with. And then he, yeah, I, if Tyler was on, he would he wouldn't know which one it is. Um, I don't remember either. But yeah, he was on that show, and and we talked about on that episode uh, when we covered Back mm-hmm. to the Future that they had originally cast someone else to do the the, the role. Yeah, and it wasn't working out because he was. <laughs> not the right guy. No, he was really. he was uh <clears throat> maybe taking it a bit too seriously. I feel like I connect with him on a on a personal level. I think he was looking at the film the way I was and he was like, uh, it's not working for me." So, you know, it is what it is. But uh yeah, what do you what do you think about what I just said? What uh, you got to say? Okay, so my thing with Biff is I mean, he did try to rape her. Like, there's no getting around that. Ah. Uh, I've seen that in other movies, too, where I go back and I'm like, that is not okay today. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think I think the whole reason he works for them in the future is because if you're going to make sense out of it, then all I'm going to say is he didn't actually rape her and he got his ass kicked. And in the future, it's pretty well shown that Marty's dad has control over Biff. Yeah, but, again, so... Let's talk about the end sequence there. The entire point of the end se- sequence is meant to show, like, hey, look, they did affect the future, even though they were clearly not supposed to, but everything worked out in the end because now his dad is confident, his mom is happy, his brother's successful, all yeah. these things. Listen. And and apparently, apparently Marty is the exact same because nothing about his life changed except that he had a truck. <laughs> uh, he was always cool. <laughs> was he? Yeah. Was he always cool? Yes. Was he perceived as cool when he was... At the beginning of the movie? When he's sketching on the back of a Jeep on a skateboard? Yeah, pretty cool. I mean, cool to us, the viewer, but in in context, he's like this small, frantic, nerdy guy. I mean, I don't think he was I don't think he was meant to be cool. I think him going back in time and then being cool back then was meant to be maybe and maybe they did mean it, but I think that it would have been more effective if they established him more as being a nerdy kind of loser kid. And then he goes back, and then he's the cool kid. And seeing that contrast would have been more interesting if they did if they li- if they did that up a little bit more. You know, really, I'm not sure if he was supposed to be a nerd at the beginning. I think he was supposed to be cool guy. I mean, he's pretty much shown right at the beginning of the film. I mean, other than going to Doc's place, that's a little weird. Why do you know this fucking eighty year old scientist man? And not just an eighty year old scientist man, but an eighty year old scientist man who's entangled with <laughs> with uh, terrorists. Libyan terrorists. Yeah, that's a little. Yeah. Do they explain that? Jog my memory. What was going on with that? Um, he needed the um 
the 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 the, the, the plutonium, uranium, the plutonium, yeah, right. plutonium to power the machine. So, um, he promised the terrorists that he would build a bomb with the uh, oh, plutonium. so he's also a terrorist. Yeah, and then and then he goes, no, I wouldn't actually build a bomb. I just t- took it. Yeah, oh yeah. And then Marty's like, what if they find you? And that's when they show up and start shooting. Imagine that. Who would have thought that they wouldn't have <laughs> responded in that situation? So yeah, I I mean. I don't know, man. So, if you if you if you want to put this to bed, finally, I will admit on this bonus episode here that I could lighten up a little bit on Back to the Future. Yeah, I mean, when's the last time did you watch it? Whenever we released the other episode, recent, yes, I've seen it recently. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was probably a month before you came out with the episode. Okay, but uh, yeah, um, like to me, so we just did twenty eight days later. Uh, we released it this week. Um, and me and Tyler both had the same conclusion and we didn't discuss this ahead of time, but on the podcast, we found out that it, it didn't hold up as well as we remembered it did. Yeah. Not only that, but when you guys were talking about that film and Mm -hmm. it's, um, kind of semi low quality with the digital camera they used for it. Yeah. So, um, something I wanted to bring up when we started talking more about directors. Um, uh-huh. So two of my favorite directors are Kevin Smith and Richard Linklater. Okay. Um, I guess you could say they, well, more so Richard Linklater started like the 90s independent renaissance. That's a, that's a fair thing to say. Um, he started it with Slackers in 1990. Mm-hmm. Um, from what I, well, let me pull it up real quick. I sure, know. yeah. So you, so you are you a fan of like is would you say like 90s era films are some of your favorites? E, most definitely. Uh I like a lot of the independent movies mostly because there is a lot of dialogue driven content. Right. versus the action moves us along. Um I like I like relating to characters. I like hearing their thoughts, hearing them speak regularly too. Um, which is another thing I absolutely love about Kevin Smith's dialogue, at least. Um, it can get crude. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it can, but, I mean, it's one it, of those things where, like, at the same time, like, a lot of people talk that way. Yeah, that's... You know, it's uh, it's in, in a similar vein as, like, Tarantino. You know, Tarantino is revered for his dialogue writing, but it's it, it always struck me as odd that he is revered for it because, I mean, it's objectively well done and it's so smart a lot of the time. But also, people don't talk like that in a lot <laughs> in a lot of his movies. Yeah, you know, it, it, sometimes it's definitely like comic booked up in a way, like where it's uh, it, you're getting snapshots or 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 lines that are inserted because they're cool. But uh, the does, context does isn't this there. look like dead storage? Yeah, who would say that? No, no, no I hope not. I hope no one would say that. They would if. If I'm being honest, if someone brought a dead body to my house, I wouldn't say that. I would probably just say, why the fuck is there a dead body in my house? Get out of here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd, I'd pretty much just get straight to the point. Yeah. I think I agree with you. So what's your favorite Linklater film? Uh, favorite Linklater film? Um, Dazed and Confused. Definitely. Dazed and Confused is a good one. Uh, it's uh, a good one. I think mine is School of Rock. Um, I love that movie. School of Rock, to me, it's so wholesome. It It's... I talked about it on our on the Tombstone episode um, about the idea of a perfect movie. Now, 
you know, realistically, you can't necessarily have a perfect movie. There are things that could be done better across the board. And how you define a perfect movie, I think, would, you know, it changes depending on who you are. Uh, for me, a perfect movie is when you have solid story, solid direction, solid acting. And it, it, they don't have to be the best at all of those things. Those things just, all, those three things just have to succeed at the same time consistently throughout the movie. Yeah. And that's why I think something like School of Rock works as what I would call a perfect movie because you immediately understand the situation and how silly it is. You immediately are bought into it because you have great performances by like Jack Black who really really carries the movie. Honestly, even all the kids in the movie yeah, were for, really good. For for <laughs> what we usually get out of kid actors, they did a pretty good job. Uh, you know, I definitely did a really good job and um and then, yeah, you know, um, I think the direction was well done because they did a great job of, of setting up the scenes and, and showing the kids kind of learning to get... Like, the scene where, where he, like, brings them in after he watches the music class and he starts giving them the instruments. Yeah. That's one of my favorite scenes of all time in any movie. Like, where they just start jamming and then he goes overboard and yeah. they're just looking at him like, what the hell is going on? You know? And then the end, like, concert, like, it, it looked like it was a professionally shot concert. Like, they actually played it, you know? Like... I just love the movie. Uh, yeah, honestly, for, I mean, it goes for definitely like the family friendly comedy, right? But it accomplishes a lot more than that. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's it's one of the rare movies that puts music front and center. It's not mm -hmm. a documentary style movie, or it's not like um, um, the Beatles movie where they like take something and and like try to make it retro retro re redo it or something like that it just tells a completely original story in an interesting way in a in a funny like honestly it's it's not believable like that could never actually happen oh yeah right but yeah. <laughs> but the performances and everything make you feel like it could you know uh, i mean come jack black's eyebrows yeah dude. best performance in the film yeah that should have that alone should have got him an oscar you know you could say that about every one of his movies though his uh, his eyebrows do a lot of the heavy lifting. Oh yeah, not not even not even just like the um, just like the actors, characters, setting, plot, and all that. But I think the film has something more, and it has inspiration. Yeah, because it was meant for kids and adults. Of course, went to go see it with their children, mm -hmm. and I think it did a really good job of saying you can pick up an instrument whenever you want. Yeah, I, I feel like I remember hearing about how uh, more kids were picking up instruments and learning to play them as a result of that movie. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, I, I, I started to play uh, music pretty young. Um, I, it was around the time that movie came out. I don't know if that movie... I, I might have already been playing at that time. It was one of the things, though, that inspired me, for sure. Even even myself, to say that. So, um, yeah, I love that movie. Now, mm -hmm. now, you mentioned that Dazed and Confused... Oh. Uh, would you like to give us a quote from that movie? <laughs> you just got to keep living, man. Yeah. L-I-V-I-N. All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> now, Dax, how's about you? Uh, tell, me, uh, tell me a little story about your favorite film there, Dazed and Confused. <clears throat> Life uh, is like an illusion. <laughs> I get older and they stay the same age. Yeah. All right. Yeah, We're dude. talking about creepy lines, right? By the way, that's a creepy line, <laughs> right? Yeah. You want to talk about like when we were talking about Back to the Future? Like that's 
that's weird. <laughs> they said, like, man, come on, Matt. What are you doing? Yeah. Uh, dude, the first time I watched that movie, of course, I'm like, here it comes. Here it comes. The the iconic McConaughey line. Yeah. Right after it was done, it was like, that was kind of gross. Yeah, when you start to think about it, you're like, oh, no, that was, I don't know how I felt <laughs> about that. But yeah. uh, before I hop in the Slacker, I actually wanted to, or my bad, before I hop in the Dazed and Confused, I wanted to talk about Slacker. Sure. Go for it. Um, it was, it wasn't Richard Linklater's first film. Uh, that spot is taken by is it's impossible to learn to plow by reading books. Mm. Um, it's really just about a nameless man that travels the country in that one. Uh, it kind of set up some of his out, like his directorial elements that he uses, like okay. a lot of dialogue. I, I haven't seen that one. Neither have I. From what I hear, um, it's that's it's, it's, it's not worth really. Yeah, it, it's into. more so like the leap, uh, the, the the jumping stone, I guess. Right. I think it's a little bit like what we talked about when we did our Memento episode about uh, you know, Christopher Nolan. It mm-hmm. wasn't his first movie, but it was the first one that really got him going. Yeah. Right, and it kind of established what he what he was gonna be in the movie industry for sure. Uh, so Slacker was his first notable film. Richard Linklater's first notable film. Um, there is no narrative. Uh, I don't know if you've seen Slacker. I I'm I don't know actually. Tell me tell me about it again. So I'm. If I remember correctly, it is in black and white. Um, and at the time, actually, still currently, Richard Linklater lives in Austin, Texas. So uh-huh. that is where the film is shot. That's where all the scenes take place. Um, Slacker has no narrative at all, like no plot. So whatsoever. it's like a it's like a slice of life film. <laughs> yes. Um, how it opens is so it follows like a I guess you could say a Greyhound bus, mm-hmm. and it just kind of follows a guy that's on the Greyhound. He rolls into Austin, Texas, and kind of how the film plays out in general is. He'll have a conversation or he'll do something. And let's say he was talking to someone. That person that he was talking to is now uh, who the film is following. So it'll start with one character, move to the next. That's super weird. Mm -hmm. They'll walk around Austin, Texas. They'll go talk to someone else. And then it'll transition to them. So... Throughout the film, you just meet a bunch of different, really unique, uh, definitely slackers of Austin, Texas. Uh, that sounds interesting. Like usually, when you hear about, um, like, like I use the term "slice of life" as like a, a, a not a plot because that goes in in the face of what it is. It's usually like an anime mm-hmm. type thing. Like you see it a lot done in that. I don't. I can't think of a lot of movies that I would consider a slice of lifestyle movie, where that's the way that that the story is told. Where, and for if you're unfamiliar, really, it, a slice of life, uh, like tactic or strategy or whatever, is exactly what Dax just explained. Where there's no actual story really taking place. You're just kind of observing people doing their thing, you know. So uh, no, no, like through point through the plot. That's super interesting. Did you ever see the um, the Bernie movie? Is that what it was called? Bernie? Yeah. Um, with Jack Black? Uh-huh. Yes. That was super good, too. That was pretty good. I it, thought that that was one of his better ones as well. It was one of my favorite ones that he's done. 
Oh, yeah. Uh, I think it's been forgotten, which is unfortunate, because from what I remember, Bernie was really good, especially at playing into the dark humor that it wanted. Yeah, I think it accomplished everything that it wanted to do. And, you know, funny enough, you know, they they filmed some of it right down the road from us, you know, here in Texas. So um, maybe that's why I like it a little bit more. Every time I hear people talk about it, it's nothing but nice things. But I Mm -hmm. think it just flew under the radar, like you said. I think that Jack Black could have gotten some awards from it. I thought it was an excellent performance. Yeah, I thought he killed it. Yeah. Honestly. Did a great job. Now, the other um, thing I wanted to talk about a little bit, uh, do, how many other directors did you want to talk about? Um, really, I just have um, notes on the two, Richard Linklater and Kevin Smith. I can talk about anyone, though, uh, of course. Of course, of course. Did you want to go a little bit more into Kevin Smith? Um, yeah, sure. Uh, so I was talking about Slack earlier. Um, so like I said, it was just set in Austin, Texas, uh, followed different people around and it was made on a budget of (laughs) $23,000. That's nuts. Yeah. Um, so Kevin Smith on his 21st birthday went and saw a slacker. Um, and he decided, Hey, I can make a better movie than this. Okay. Fair so, enough. Kevin Smith was born August 2nd, 1970, Red Bank, New Jersey, and he was raised Catholic. Uh, that'll be important later. His father was a postal worker who hated his job, which further inspired Kevin Smith to make films, set out to do something he wanted to do. Nice. Um, to prepare for his first attempt at filming a movie... Um, he would watch Richard Linklater, Spike Lee, and other independent film artists. Um, Do you think that you can you can see the parallels or the inspiration oh in Kevin yeah. Smith movies? Oh, uh, Richard Linklater, like I was saying earlier, has a lot of like the dialogue-driven content, mm-hmm. and you can tell uh, Kevin Smith definitely. Uh, I guess you could say was inspired by that. Yeah. Well, with Kevin Smith too, you know, he does a lot of comedic. Yeah. Stuff. And so one of the examples that I have, and I've talked about it on the main show before, is the show Letterkenny. So Letterkenny, I don't know if you've seen it, but it, it's the entire comedy is based around very, very, very fast delivery of like quips and lines and, and just funny ways of, of saying things and characters that are super weird and and different. And um, it's it's I've, I, I, I call it like Shakespeare, modern Shakespearean comedy, because like. They'll do like rhyming and stuff like that. It's just so silly. And I, I think that, you know, someone like Kevin Smith, there's a little bit of that in there too, mm-hmm. where there's a lot of thought that goes into the writing. And when you see some of the content that he puts out, like with how the comedy style is, you know, you may not think that they're, it, it may seem a little low effort at first, but I think that he puts some of the most effort out of anybody when it comes to comedy. He really, really thinks about the dialogue and, it sounds like because I didn't actually know about the the Richard Linklater inspiration that he had mm-hmm. on that, so that makes a lot of sense. Um, what else? What's your favorite Kevin Smith movie? Oh, favorite Ke- uh, probably Clerks. That's, probably Clerks. Yeah, I think I'd agree. Um, I know for some people, or at least when it came out, Chasing Amy, uh, his third movie was another contender for best movie uh, position. Uh, unfortunately, I think. Through the years, 
Uh, it hasn't really withstood the test of time as well as Clerks. Clerks is very timeless. Yeah. Uh, the theme is very much, I'm in my 20s. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, and that uh, that's always going to be the case forever. Yeah. You know, as... Uh, are you in your 20s yet? Uh, I am 20. Yeah, I'm that's, 20. That's so crazy, man. <laughs> that's so crazy. So you, we can relate, right? Oh, yeah. We can relate. That's the that's the cool thing about those kinds of movies. Um, I want to talk about one of my favorite directors, mm-hmm. um, George Miller. Now, George Miller is perhaps the greatest action director of all time. George Miller. Of course, the director, the creator, the brainchild behind the Mad Max series. And Mad Max Fury Road in specific is one of the best movies. And I would say, if it's not the best, it's one or two for best action movie, right? Because for me, the other one is Die Hard. I I love the shit out of Die Hard. So it's hard for me to put anything above Die Hard. But what's right up there with it for me is Mad Max Fury Road. When's the last time you watched Mad Max Fury Road? Fury Road, um, it's probably been a good, like, I don't know, two or three years of yeah. Fury Road. Now, the other films, it's been a little longer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, so the original Mad Max uh, movies were also pretty good. You know, I think for what they were trying to do, they were super weird and and almost esoteric in a way because it there was a lot of, like, Australian kind of s- stuff in there. Yeah. But um, it the action the shots that you get, the practical effects, that's what he's a master at. I mean, the amount of practical effects that he did in Fury Road in the in 2015 when the movie came out, unparalleled. They just didn't do that. You just don't do that these days. These guys were actually building these big-ass trucks and shit oh, and yeah. setting shit on fire, blowing shit up everywhere, having people, having people ride on them. And it's like, you know, whenever you... I, I read some of the interviews that they had with the cast and they were like, this is the most physically demanding movie I've ever been on by far. Like we're just out here <laughs> in the hot sun actually doing all this shit. They're strapping me to cars and stuff. Like, they're like, I don't know if I can keep doing this. But yeah, he's one of my favorites. Like I'd watch anything that that he makes. I think that whenever he got nominated for he goes Fury Road got nominated for best picture and he got nominated for best director. I think he lost both of them. And um to me that was a real shame. I think that Mad Max Fury Road in 2015 had a good chance to be best to be best picture. I could see why they wouldn't give it to him because you know the Academy would never do something like that. But they should have given him best director. They really should have. And I can't wait to see what they do with the new Furiosa spinoff. Super excited for it. Uh, who else? You know what? Let's go back into Quentin Tarantino. You want to talk a little Tarantino? Oh, I want to talk a little. A Tarantino. little Tarantino talk. Okay, so. <laughs> What is your favorite Quentin Tarantino film? Well, I feel like mine is the obvious choice, so I feel bad saying it, but my favorite is Pulp Fiction. I think not only is it my personal favorite... Well, it's hard to say. I think Pulp Fiction is the best one, right? I usually, whenever I'm giving... When someone asks me my opinion on something, I usually give a best answer, so an objectively well-crafted, well-made thing, yeah. and then my favorite. What do I enjoy the most? Because I really, really, really enjoy, like, what I watch most often would mm-hmm. be, like, Django and Inglorious Bastards. I watch those two more than any other Tarantino movie. But Pulp Fiction, I still enjoy every time I watch it. I think that the way that it's cut together 
obviously with the the, the non-linear way that it's told it's genius it's 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 it, I, in my opinion it's the best movie that i've ever seen i would say i love every single every single second of it i love the cast i love the writing i love the dialogue it's just amazing i i can agree with that i think i think pulp fiction is is my favorite I think. You think? I think. I don't. Reservoir well, Dogs is so close for me. Is it? Now we, you know, we just did Reservoir mm-hmm. Dogs, and you know, um, for people listening at home, and and you as well, if you don't remember, we're doing Tarantino films on every tenth episode. Every, yep. And so we did Reservoir Dogs, obviously for the first one. That was his first movie, and so you know what's coming next. Pulp Fiction. Yeah, and it's kind. Of, that'll be coming out in November. Second week of November, I believe, is when that episode will come out. Super excited for that. Um, but yeah, I, Reservoir Dogs, um, when I watched it recently for the podcast, I it, it actually it actually grew on me a little more. It actually went higher on my list. Um, I think another movie that gets unfairly like pushed down when I don't think it should be is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I loved that movie. It's so good. It's so good, and I feel like the only reason that I don't consider it among my favorite Tarantino movies is strictly due to time, right? Like I've just I've seen Pulp Fiction. I've watched it for years. I love Django. I love Inglorious Bastards. Like I've seen these movies, even The Hateful Eight. Like it's the recency bias. I think gives it it goes against it a little bit. And then of course you've got Kill Bill, Reservoir Dogs. You've got the older ones, and I think that if I, you know, over time, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. As I watch it more and more, I think it's going to climb that list. I think I'd put it in my. I think I'd maybe put it in my top three. Yeah, I think it grows on me every time I watch it too. Yeah. Honestly, I mean it. Well, you know what it does differently than all of his other movies. It doesn't really have a plot. It, it meanders through '60s Hollywood like ninety percent of the run. It's purely just an appreciation for that time and culture. It is, and it also has like a happy ending. <laughs> which usually is not the case in a Tarantino movie. Uh, it just has like <laughs> when you because let me re- recount the first time I watched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I'm watching Brad Pitt's character walk into that house, looking around, and he's high on acid. He's too. fucked up. He is fucked up. Yeah. And then you know the Manson family's in there, and they're looking to they're looking to kill anyway. And you're like, oh, this is gonna be real bad. This is going to be real bad. This yeah. is a Tarantino movie. It's about to get real I'm, bad. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I was on the same page with you because the entire movie, I thought they would beat the Manson family anyway. You know, I, I kind of saw it coming. Yeah. And then as soon as he smoked that uh, acid dip cigarette, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> hey, you look, know, are they going to are they gonna die? This is a Brad, problem. Brad Pitt was the, yeah, he, the hero. He was the one that was going to do it. He was the it. muscle. Yep. And then he comes in and just starts bashing people's fucking heads and yeah. only smiling. Yeah, he's just like fucked up and he's just God, he's just having a good bro, ass time. That can of dog food when he used to, God. It's so good. It's so Oh, uh, it's and so And then good. DiCaprio set that bitch on fire. Oh yeah, when she <laughs> stumbles out with her fucking head crumpled pretty much. Oh man. And yeah. he just it's it's so good when he has his headphones on too. And she <laughs> falls in the pool, and he's like, what the hell? <laughs> he freaks out. Guy immediately goes for the flamethrower yeah, and dude. just lights that bitch up. Of course, that movie also gave us one of the best memes that we've had with the uh, the point of oh, the yeah. TV. Like, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so we, st- we a lot to a lot to love from that movie. Um, yeah, Tarantino, he's, he's 
he's one of my favorite directors as well. I, I think any person who who likes movies and and watches them regularly would put Tarantino on one of their on their favorites. Yeah, list. I actually still need to watch. Um, I know you were talking about on your last podcast episode, Four Rooms. Four Rooms, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Four Rooms is uh, it's different than your yeah. usual. I, I know it's a comedy, uh, semi anthology, different directors for different rooms. Right. Um, it's it's a cool project. Yeah. It seems like something that, like, you get assigned in a film study class. Like, I need you to work with these other students and and make this. It's, it seems like that's what it would work, except you have all an all star cast of directors that are doing it. <laughs> so it's de- it's definitely worth a watch. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I looked it up. It didn't have the best reviews, but I understand that. Uh, I don't think that Four Rooms was necessarily made to be the best movie ever. It no. was it was made to show off these four directors and what they can do and Right. It was it was meant to sh- it was a showcase, yeah. Yeah. you know. It was uh it was them putting out like a portfolio. Like, mm-hmm. look, this is kind of what we're about. This is what we do. You yeah. know, go from there. So, I definitely want to give it give it a shot. More than a shot, I'll, I know I'll watch it all the way through. I'll probably love it, honestly. Yeah. Super super good. Um there is uh, so we we've talked a little bit about directors and our favorite directors. Now, let's go back to just our favorite movies. Favorite movies. Right? So yeah, kind of what we're gonna you know we're, I know we're already like almost half hour in, but that's kind of what we're be doing on here is we're just gonna recount some of our favorites. That's what I think we can do because mm-hmm. it, it seems like we're we're on a good track here. So overall favorite movies, like if you had like a top three, for example, top because three? I don't like making people pick a a, a favorite because I can't do that. Oh yeah. So and it doesn't even have to be in order. It can just be these are my three favorite movies in no particular order. What would you say yours would be? Um, Dazed and Confused. You put that in your top three overall. I put huh? that in my top three. Oh okay. Uh, Clerks, and um, fuck it, I'm gonna make it a top four. Okay. Just because I can't decide. Um, Donnie Darko as Fair well, enough. and Akira. 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 All right. Now, Donnie Darko is one that I don't actually know if we've brought it up on the show ever, but it's one that we've talked about <laughs> every time we get together. We are going to do Donnie Darko for sure on the main show, and uh, it's been a while since I've seen it, so I can't wait to get back to it. It's so good. Mm-hmm. The the bro, the Christ figure comparisons to Donnie Darko, the superpowers, the tangent universes, the time travel. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually just picked up the director's cut pretty recently. Yeah. Um, which you should watch the original cut first. Um, but the director's cut kind of has a bit more scenes, like with the therapist. Um, from what I remember, uh, the therapist actually tells Donnie in the director's cut that the um, pills he takes are placebo. <laughs> okay, that's weird. Because so, another part of the film is is this an unreliable narrator. Yeah, which you know. is one of my favorite favorite devices that you can use in storytelling. Talked about it a little bit on the other episodes, but I love the unreliable narrator as yes. a, as a trope that can be used. That's you know if done correctly. Yeah, you know I can, hate when films don't make it clear necessarily that they're yeah. unreliable. And, and you know why I think that that's a problem is because it allows you to get away with a bunch of bullshit. It, you can yeah. explain away a whole bunch. Like you can say, well. 
you know, th- well, this didn't make sense. There was a continuity error here. And you could say, well, that's because we had an unreliable narrator character yeah. and you didn't get the full story. And it's like, okay, then what was the full story? Yeah. Oh, we don't want to tell you. Oh, fuck you. All right. Yeah. <laughs> get get I, out of here with that yeah. shit. You know? So, um, yeah. Now, I, if I look at my top three movies, these are by no means the best movies ever made. Right? I'm talking purely about my favorite movies to watch and sit down and, mm. and enjoy just on, on, I can do it anytime. Pulp Fiction. We already talked about Pulp Fiction. It's one of my favorite movies of yeah. all time. It may be number one. I may be willing to even go that far. Right? We'll do that. Mad Max Fury Road. That's one of my top ones as well. I'm going to also do a top four. Now, I, I, I put those two out there immediately because we've already talked about them. You look like you're disagreeing with me. No, I just realized something. Oh, no, what? I don't have any Quentin Tarantino on my list. You don't. And you know what? <coughs> we may need to cancel this, this bonus episode. Uh, top five. Top five? Um, I'm going to add... Uh, <laughs> okay. Okay. This is against the rules, you know. What rules? Damn. You got me. <laughs> um, I really can't decide between Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction, I think. Look, don't feel um, like you're pressured to say Pulp Fiction, because I feel that sometimes for other things. I think you. It seems like you like Reservoir Dogs more. I think I like. What do you enjoy to watch more? Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction. Yeah, I'd, I probably. Yeah. I could probably watch Pulp I lied. Fiction. Like I lied about saying it's okay to pick Reservoir Dogs. <laughs> so good job, because I was about to roast you. I was about to set you on fire. Is good, but Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction is next level. Like Reservoir Dogs on the surface, it's pretty simple, right? It was his first film. It's yeah. pretty it's pretty simple. It kind of has the non-linear storytelling, but he didn't really commit to it. Yeah. Yeah, it's more flashbacks as opposed yeah. to like th- it's just put together and structured in a yeah. certain way with like intent. Um definitely definitely still difficult to do to do the edit in the way it, it was. It wasn't like it, your it wasn't like a throwaway flashback. I mean uh, Reservoir Dogs is nothing to scoff at. It's a heist movie with n- no heist. Yeah, you never really and, even see much of the heist. And the audience is still entranced by everything that's happening. Yeah, it, you are just as engrossed in the story and and uh, what's that crazy motherfucker going to do yeah. at any second now? God, Mr. Blonde. God. Right? <laughs> but I think Pulp Fiction beats it out just a little. I yeah. mean... Sam L. Jackson, right. John Travolta. That's what I was going to say. The cast also does Bruce it. Bruce Willis, movies. Christopher Walken. Mm-hmm. Uma Thurman. Oh, definitely. Yeah, and that movie. Bing Rames. So good. So good. Fuck, dude. I can't wait to watch Pulp Fiction. It's coming up. Yeah. All right, so yeah, I got Pulp Fiction, Mad Max Fury Road. And this one's going to surprise you. I bet. Just guess. Just guess it. Guess one of these. I don't. <laughs> Do I want to? Do I want to guess? I'll give you a hint. Okay. It's a Marvel movie. God. What do you think is my favorite and I consider the best Marvel movie? I don't think I mentioned it on the podcast before. Okay, then it's not Black Panther. <laughs> no. Um Legitimately, if I if I'm picking my favorite Marvel movie, um I'm probably going to go with the first Avengers. That's a solid option. I've seen the the first Avengers more times than I care to admit. Like, over and over and over. My favorite Marvel movie is The Winter Soldier. Captain America The Winter Soldier is the best standalone from beginning to end 
and shot, edited, acted movie that Marvel has done, in my opinion. I think that the action sequences were done with a lot more impact. That opening scene, when he flies in on the boat and he just jumps off the plane and he's okay. like, do you have yeah, any parachute? Was. And he's like, uh, no, dude, he's fucking Captain America. You didn't need a goddamn parachute. And then he just kicks people's ass up and down that boat. That right there set the tone for me. Like, oh, this is already going to be good. I love The Winter Soldier. and I, So I have to put a Marvel movie on there because I'm a Marvel fanboy. So it, that's my one go-to. Yeah. You know, you can make a case for the first Avengers. It's classic. I don't, I don't know. I, I wouldn't put Marvel movies on my top five personally. They are, they're great. They're, they are, they are what they are. You know, I understand if you don't, for me, like I go and see every single one of them when they come out, Yeah. you know? So like I've been there. So the first Marvel movie came out. If you count, well, Iron Man, I, I start there, not the Hulk 2008. Yeah. You know how I, old I was in 2008? Um, I was 13 years old. I was 13 years old, 12 and 13 years old. So that means that since I was a young boy, I've been watching Marvel movies. Yeah. I'm 24, almost 25 now. So it's been there pretty much my whole life. You know, you know I'm not going to lie. Iron Man would be a contender for number one position, but the antagonist is eh, in the first one. Really, in all three of them. Yeah. The, the second, best antagonist was the second one, in my opinion. The second one had a good antagonist. I think. The ham- not in, Okay, so not Mickey Rourke. Fuck that guy. Yeah. I'm talking about the Sam Elliott. No, is that his? No, oh, it's yeah. not Sam Elliott. No. Sam. Oh, what's his name? Oh, God. Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell. That's what I was thinking of. His character, because it's Sam Rockwell. All right? Yeah. Love him. Love him in it. That's probably the best standalone Iron Man villain. Um, we did have uh, Jeff Bridges, though, in the first one. Yeah, so. but the thing is, Jeff Bridges is great. The character he plays <laughs> yeah. is... Eh. That's, yeah. Which sucked because the first, I would say, entire two acts of, the, of Iron Man 1, I love it. I can't get enough of it, you know? Mm. Uh, I really enjoy the whole... I build I build these weapons. I'm a badass. And then immediately gets hit with his own shrapnel and he's like, "Oh no. <laughs> I need to stop doing this." Yeah. I think that I am in 100% agreement with you. I think oh. the first 2 thirds of that movie carry it. I think the last third really falls apart. Yeah. Because it gets a little too uh then it gets too tropey, right? Yeah. You start to get what we had seen in other movies where it's like, "Oh, well this guy was a good guy, but he also wanted to have the power, and so he took it, and then he made something bigger and better, but he couldn't control it because he went too far. It's the same shit we've seen yeah. in every fucking Hulk movie ever made. The same thing we saw in in fuck Spider-Man, Green Goblin. That's what he did. He was trying to make something. He overdid it, and he became crazy and evil. Um, so, yeah, that, I would put Winter Soldier on there for me. And then my last favorite movie before you go, yeah. Blade Runner. Okay, you know what? I actually haven't seen Blade Runner. You've uh, never seen Blade Runner? I bought it when I watched your podcast. Okay. Uh, and then I got halfway through <laughs> and went to bed. It's pretty fucking long, so <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't blame you. And it's a little like so I believe Austin mm-hmm. said that he thought it was a little slow and a little boring. Um because you know, he hadn't seen it before and so I can get that, right? Mm-hmm. So the first time that I watched Blade Runner, I thought the same thing. When you hear about Blade Runner, when you think about the name and you think about the story, what your expectations are, 
it's a bit slow, especially in the first half. Not a lot goes on in what you expect to be this like sci-fi noir. Well, thing. you know, for me, it was just that I started it late at night uh-huh. that I got tired. If I'm being honest, I actually really enjoyed the first half because of the podcast. <laughs> um, because you guys were talking about the environment and how everything feels natural. Yeah. How every, like the world is breathing. Like it's it, yeah, it, you you feel like they're living on mm-hmm. like a portion of a living thing. Yeah, and it's always raining. It's always dark. It's always gloomy. And and he sets this. He sets the tone and the environment through that. Mm-hmm. You know, like what are we going to get in this movie? It's a very kind of almost nihilistic view of the future, which is you know the present now because you know it was reco- it was they were talking about where it would be already, and um. You know, it's so, it's always fun to to w- go back to those old movies that were trying to predict the future and see where they were right and wrong. And um, the one thing that they really got right was the abundant consumerism. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> they really nailed that. Where there's just ads everywhere. Like you're going to, I've been places where you go to the bathroom, they've got a little screen on there, and there's yeah. a little ad playing. You're like, I'm just trying to take a piss, and you're trying yeah. to show me an ad. Come on now. You're at the gas station pumping gas. You're not ads, yeah. ads the whole yeah. time, everywhere you go. You're trying. They um, oh, what was it? There is um, the video game. I read an article about the new. I think it's an NBA game. I don't. Mm-hmm. Pl- I don't play it, but apparently you pay full price for this game. Keep in mind that's sixty dollars. Yeah, sixty seventy dollars you're paying for this game, and they run ads in between different matches in the game what yeah and so apparently it came out that they were like well we didn't mean it it wasn't supposed to be that way it's like how do you fuck that up there shouldn't be ads in in the game at all uh, well you see we're just ea that's yeah ea it's in the game the ad is in the game (laughs) it's in that's a good one it's in it is in the game we told you we've been telling you for years it's in the game that's a good that's a good one i like that um (laughs) Oh, I wanted to go back to the comic book movies. Um, sure. If we're talking pure, just like comic book movies. What would your favorite be? Would it be a? Would it be like one of the Marvel Cinematic movies? My favorite. Look. Okay. So. The elephant in the room. Yeah. Is the Dark Knight because that seems <laughs> not a superhero. So you don't consider that a superhero no. movie? No. Nope. Okay. Explain yourself. Batman is normal. Okay, so he's not a super hero. Yeah, he's a perhaps, hero. but still, yeah, he's a he's a I'm, comic hero. How I'm about just that? Fucking with you? Yeah, get yeah, out. I'll, I totally All accept right, th- that answer. I'm not gonna be the guy that's <laughs> like, it's not super. This this episode's over for the trolling. We'll, we'll be back next week. <laughs> uh, yeah, so mm, I think I'd still go Winter Soldier. I think I still would, and you know what? I, I'm willing to to take criticism. About my favorite not being the Dark Knight or even the Michael Keaton Batman movies or Spider-Man. I'm fine with that. Superhero movies are hard to pick a favorite because there's, let's face it, the Dark Knight, it's a superhero movie about a guy from a comic book. <laughs> yeah, but. It's the, a dark, gritty Christopher Nolan movie. It's a, yeah. So when you, if you were to ask me like, who, what, what's the better movie? Would it be a movie that's a commercial ad basically mm-hmm. to sell toys or <laughs> a movie by Christopher Nolan. It's like, well, Christopher Nolan's probably going to yeah. do a better job, right? 
you know, it's the same way in video games again, where you, they'll come out with these movie, these video games that are like, it's, it's Frozen the video game. It's gonna be dog shit. You just know it is because it's just oh, a yeah. cash grab. You know, it's never gonna compare to something that someone actually put heart and soul into. But I don't know. Like for me, the Winter Soldier was so cool because it it did so many things for for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You mm-hmm. know, a lot of Marvel movies had been pretty light and breezy, and yeah, Winter Soldier is still light and breezy, comp- especially compared to like the Dark Knight mm-hmm. and then some of the even the the uh, Zack Snyder esque DC movies. But it's still Watchmen. Watchmen. You think the movie was great or the series? The movie. The movie was good. The movie was good. Okay. The ending was dog shit. Isn't that how the actual comics end though? Doesn't matter to me. (laughs) What the fuck? Okay. It did. (laughs) Also, that movie showed way too much blue penis. Yeah. Right? Like it's it it (laughs) I just like it for Rorschach. Come on now. Okay, well, <laughs> yeah, he's the best character there, but, you know. Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> I do I do enjoy Watchmen. Is there, for, a di- is there a director's cut of Watchmen? Yes. Is it I, better? I think so, from what I remember. I believe it is better. I don't know if I've seen the director's cut. I, I haven't actually watched Watchmen in years. Which, actually, if the director's cut is better for Watchmen, that kind of hypes me up for the Snyder cut. Of Justice League. Yeah, we'll have to go revisit that. I've never seen any of the DC movies. I don't care for DC almost at all, but that Snyder Cut You're has down. me on edge. I want to see it. I, I wanted to ask you like, what you thought the best DC movie was. I just don't like DC, man. I don't know why. I've, I think it's just because Marvel does it better. They do. They Well, you got to understand that Marvel... They found a formula, well, and they copy yeah. paste that formula, and so they're always going to get at least a minimum amount of like quality. Like yeah. it's going to be right there. DC, I think they were they've been trying to figure out what they want to do, and they mm-hmm. wanted to d- differentiate themselves from Marvel in some way. Problem is, is it didn't really resonate with people. I think that my favorite DC movie was probably Wonder Woman. That's the one that I enjoyed the most. I thought that it had the most interesting story and some of the best acting. Um, now Gal Gadot, I don't. Her acting was okay. Um, Chris Pine though, Chris Pine doesn't miss. Chris Pine does not miss. That dude. Uh, I I can I can see that. I've he, never seen Wonder Woman, but I could. I would it's recommend Chris Pine. it. I could see it. Yeah, I would recommend it. I would recommend it because like I know I just said that Gal Gadot doesn't do the the greatest acting job. Mm-hmm. But she's still really good in it. She's still really good. Some of the best scenes are whenever she like goes to, like the the English American like that. She goes into kind of like your your traditional society and is being you know and the out of place yeah person you know doing that whole stick. And um, she did a pretty good job at it. And like seeing seeing her and Chris Pine like Chris Pine is trying to be the the macho kind of like well I'll protect this foreign girl and then she's way more of a badass than him and as he yeah. starts to realize that it's a great it's a great thing like he's just constantly like damn okay <laughs> you, you're you're saving me you know so i love that it's also got professor lupin in it so yeah. i love it um what was it i wanted to okay so we're talking about superheroes i wanted to say x-men like the original x-men and x2 those were great movies like for when they came out, 
Yeah, for when they came out, because the shit back then was oh, yeah. so trash. Now, I hate that you brought up X-Men, though, because it reminded me of another... You know what? I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Just say it. I'm gonna eat. You want... Should I say it? Is it going to be X-Men Origins Wolverine? No. With, with Deadpool, the fucking... <laughs> Absolutely not, okay, but, you, no? but you are close. <laughs> I think that Logan is better than The Dark Knight. Logan is better. I watched Logan, like, literally last week. Uh huh. God, it's such a good movie, right? And I watched that one in the theater when it came out, and it went at the end, it was so silent. I heard someone crying. I heard someone crying in the theater, like, <laughs> like actually full blown crying. Yeah, I mean, we've and you know what? I was almost crying too. To be honest, we've been um like you were saying earlier with um Iron Man coming out two thousand eight. Now we're all the way up to twenty twenty. That's twelve years. The first X-Men came out in 2000. Right. So when did Logan come out? 2018? 2017? Yeah, 20, I could be 2017, off. I think, right? I think so. It could have been 2018. It's it's the last five years. But, I mean, that's like 17 years of being with the Wolverine. Yeah. Only for him to be like, I'm old now, I'm dying. Yeah, and that was... It, that was the best one out of all of them. Mm-hmm. X2, I think, was probably my favorite of the X-Men movies. Out of the original trilogy, I hear X2 a lot. Um, yeah. I actually really enjoy X, oh God, X-Men 3. Don't is that? Don't tell me that's your favorite. No. <laughs> Ew, no, 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 no. X, X2 out of the original trilogy. Um, okay. But okay. I actually enjoyed the films that came out. Well, like not, not first, Origins. Like First Class? Uh, first Class and Days of Future Past. Mm-hmm. I love those movies. I liked First Class. You should really watch Days of Future Past. I've seen yeah. Days of Future Past as well. It's it's pretty good. I didn't watch the Apocalypse one or whatever. See, I didn't. I skipped that one. I heard it was bad, so I didn't. Yeah. I didn't want to subject myself to. And more. then what? There was Dark Phoenix after that, which I heard was that's, that's relatively new. And I heard that that was that was like rated as one of the worst movies. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh no. And then there was also the New Mutants, which was supposed to be like kind of a horror movie. I heard that was decent. I heard it got shit on. Did it? Maybe maybe I'm thinking of something else. Like I thought that they uh you know what you may be right, man. It seemed like a cool idea to me. It seemed like a cool idea, which sucks. Be- I I think if I'm going to pick my like number one su- Oh, you know what? Have you ever seen Kick-Ass? Yes. That's yes. okay. All right. That might be a contender for like my favorite <laughs> uh, superhero movie. I don't know about that one, man. It's good, but you're about to put <sighs> You're about to put this up against the Dark Knight and Logan. I'd put, I'd put it Avenger. up against Dark Knight. It's a different movie. It's different. It's, it's hard it, to it's hard to compare them. Bro, Heath Ledger in the Dark Knight as the Joker? Yeah. I want to bust in my pants when I watch oh, that. Oh, calm down. I mean, it's so calm he's down. so good. Well, he's he's excellent. Now, let me ask you this. Yes. Heath Ledger Joaquin Phoenix. And also, do you consider Joker to be in the same discussion? Um, because I don't. I yeah, I don't. I, I wouldn't. There's um, no hero aspect. I would on. say Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger did a bit better job of playing the Joker, like the Joker that Christopher Nolan was going for, like the Killing Joke Joker, like the yeah. dark, just do whatever I want, just sadistic. Yeah. And like he's like, I have no objections. He, yeah, he wasn't playing like the Jack Nicholson kind of like Silver Age. I love the Jack Nicholson Joker. Joker, but it's not on the same level. Now, what, now, so here's the thing with with um, Joaquin Phoenix versus Heath Ledger. 
Joaquin Phoenix Joker. So he he hadn't arrived at that point where Heath Ledger's Joker was at. Heath Ledger was already at that. I don't care what happens if I die. I don't care what I, I don't care what destruction or chaos yeah. I cause. Joaquin Phoenix Joker was about getting to that point. Yeah. And so by the end of the movie, he's like that. So we don't really get to see exactly how off the rails and crazy and and carefree and doesn't give a mm. shit that he becomes. Now in the second movie that I, I think I think they said that they're doing, you know maybe we'll see. Yeah. Um, so it, that's why for me it's hard to compare the two. Like which movie do I, I? I it's hard for me to pick which one I like better. The Joker made me feel not good at the end. Yeah. Like, it made me not feel great. <laughs> right. It just left this like taste in your mouth. You're like oh. This is this is kind of this is pretty sad. Yeah, I was gonna say the Dark Knight kind of does something similar, but the Joker, <laughs> the the theme really weighs heavy on the viewer in the yeah. Joker. Yeah, yeah. Um, versus the Dark Knight, he just kind of kills Two Face, and he says, well, or no, he doesn't kill Two Face, does he? Oh, why can't I remember? Oh, the, bo- I, know, the- I know he takes the blame in the end. Batman takes blame for killing. Well, it's because of the bomb thing. Yeah, he, he had either pick between Two Face and uh, uh, what, what's her name? Well, uh, no, I'm talking about like the very end. Um, he tells the police chief to okay. tell Gotham that he killed Harvey right. so that um he can continue being this heroic figure for people. Right. Yeah. He it, can be a martyr. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't, I didn't really like the ending too much. I yeah. Was um. I don't know. I like the ending of that. That's that's to me like what makes the Dark Knight for me even be a comparison because it, like the first 70-80% of the movie it's 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 unquestioned. It's the best. Oh yeah. But like when you look at like Logan, the ending oh, is so so good. Well, Logan just makes you feel so so bad at the beginning. Yeah. Is what Logan it makes you feel bad at the beginning and good by the end. Because it starts with, there's no more mutants. Uh, Professor X literally killed them all after he had a seizure. Uh, let's start the story. So <laughs> yeah. you're just like, oh, okay. There's also, a- Wolverine that you know and love is old and, and weaker <laughs> now. And yeah. You're like, oh. He, he can finally die now. Yeah. Like, uh, and he kind of wants to die. And I'm like, oh. So that's what we're doing here. Right? So, yeah. You know, I just think that. And Which- then, um, But also the thing with Logan is like. You all, the way that they set the tone, so exactly what you said, 100%. But then also, when you see him just dismember those people that were attacking oh, him when he was Yeah, he was driving, the limo? Yes, yeah, and you're just like, that oh, was... shit. And like, I, all right, I see what's about to happen yeah, in this movie. Now that you actually mention it, I remember that being like the biggest point for Logan. Like, true comic fans, of course, were like, oh... This is the old man Logan storyline, you know, I, really good. It's really good. It's really good plot. I'll really enjoy it. This is going to be awesome. For the people that didn't really necessarily know about the comics, they just saw R-rated Wolverine movie and went, oh, oh, it's on. Yeah. That's right. exactly what I yeah. want. Yeah. That's what everyone was really waiting for. When Deadpool dropped, everyone was just like, okay, now where is the R-rated Wolverine? Yeah. I, um... It's funny we didn't even bring up Deadpool in the discussion of like the the comic movies, but um, I don't know. There's they're they're so focused on the comedy side of things that it's hard yeah. to put them up to things like Joker and Logan and Dark Knight things like that. 
Hard to compare him. Yeah. All right. Now, hold on. Isn't there a movie called Super with, I think it has, who does it have? Pretty much a guy dresses up as a superhero. And I think he just like pretty much has a wrench and just bashes people. The Punisher? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but yeah, because that technically a superhero movie but it, from what i've heard it's very much so a well, so is so is daredevil and catwoman those are technically superhero movies okay we don't talk about those yeah those but we, we we just decide that we we don't want to we don't want to do that yeah so um lastly we've talked about our some of our favorite movies favorite directors let's talk a little bit about our favorite actors to close this thing out here so tell me a, like a list of some of your actors um, that you'll watch anything that they're in. It could be current. Jack Black is on that list for Jack, sure. Jack Black's on that list. Have you ever seen High Fidelity? Yes. I love that movie. High Fidelity is good. One of the best soundtracks ever. And mm-hmm. Jack Black steals every scene he's in. Yeah, well, he he had a knack for doing that back then. He, I mean, he he still does now. He doesn't do as much stuff now. But yeah, he he used to really like eat eat up the screen when he was on. Because he was just so charismatic yeah, and crazy. He'd come in with like the um, almost like a tenacious D like energy. Yeah, I mean, some of that some of that style Jack Black was very Jim Carrey esque, where like yeah. you just see this guy that's just a ball of energy, just <laughs> just not stopping. You know? Yeah, he's just going. Yeah, I love the scene in High Fidelity where um, John Cusack gets broken up with, of course, at the beginning, mm-hmm. and you know he goes into work and they're playing that sad old people music <laughs> as jack black calls it yeah. and he pops in his monday monday playlist his monday little tape yeah God. Uh, i, 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 I love when john cusack just rips it out and yeah. jack black gets so mad he's like that was my special monday playlist we were gonna I, I was gonna it was gonna be like a conversation starter and we were gonna you know and you fucked it up man you fucked it up <laughs> you're just like dude come on yeah now. he's just yeah he's just he's just way over the top yeah Love it. Um, I think one of my favorite ones that I'll watch in anything is Brad Pitt. You know, it seems like an obvious one, maybe, but he's he he can do anything. He really can. Like, what cemented it for me because I was already a huge Brad Pitt fat, but mm-hmm. fan. But um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, that that he's, that thing right there. You, I thought he was gonna be all right in it. He was really good. I you know what he, I love. He, from I think Once he, I think he won the Academy Award for that for supporting actor. I believe it. I mean, it was it was a fantastic, perf- bro. When he gets in the fight on the ranch, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, dude. Because it was escalating on the ranch, and for a second, I thought he was gonna die. I did too. I mean, he's on he's on their turf. Yeah, you know, it's not the other way around. To me, though, one of the things is like that scene told me, like you mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Like, that he was probably going to win yeah. in the end. Yeah. So it did, that did kind of give that away for me, but it, you don't expect the way it goes down at the end. Well, that's what I love about the acid. You're by the, I think that happens around the midpoint of the movie, right? The ranch scene. Yeah. So you're kind of like, oh, you know, no matter what, he got this, he got this in the bag. And then he smokes the cigarette with acid and, you're like, and it oh, becomes a no. real concern. Yeah, of, you're like he can't do this, <laughs> especially because um, don't they pass him on the street on their way up Rodeo? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for a second I thought they were gonna stop the car and like jump him and kill him or something. Yeah, Since they, they're already on their way to do that, and they yeah. knew him from the ranch. The, I know. The, that's what I'm saying. Like the last twenty minutes of that movie are just like 
you're, you're on just, edge. You're like, oh, what's? Well, I, <laughs> I think I feel like I know where it's going, but I don't know how we're gonna get there. Yeah, it's freaking me out. Yeah, how we're gonna get there? What's another of your favorite actors? Edward Norton. Edward oh, Norton. American History X. Excellent. Um, what else was he in? Uh, of course, Fight Club. Yeah, he's um, a Wes Anderson favorite. Ed Norton is. We didn't even talk about Wes Anderson earlier. Uh, he's a great director too. It makes it's uh, such a weird, unique, but specific style. Like, yeah, you know when you're watching a Wes Anderson. Oh yeah, movie, you know for sure. He's definitely got his own voice in there. Love that. So yeah, Edward Norton's pretty good. Um, yeah, dude, he 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 seems weird though. He is weird. A lot of direct like. A lot of directors and people in Hollywood hate to work with him. He's very specific on how everything works. Um, from what I've heard, it's almost like he wants to be director. Like, yeah, okay. he wants. Yeah, he's trying to big shot yeah. him. He he, it's. I don't know how to put it. Um, Probably almost e- as if he knows what's best, like an ego thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but to be fair, can you really fault him I mean, when his yeah. acting lives up to his ego? Right, yeah. You see him, he just kills it every single time. Yeah, now every when you're an time. asshole and you bomb every performance, you know, then you can... then That ain't gonna work. Yeah. You're, but out, you're out. You're Edward Norton? Mm-hmm. And you're being an asshole? All right, pal, as long as you give me a good performance. Yeah, you're like, we can move, we can get yeah. past that. Um, <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, there, I had one in my head and I got, I kind of forgot about it. I'll get there. Go with another one. Um, think about, I like Ryan Reynolds a lot. I wouldn't say, I definitely wouldn't watch every one of his films. I'm not going to say that. He's got some trash movies. Yeah. Oh yeah. But he kind of has like good comedic timing. Oh yeah. He understands comedy. Yeah. For sure. I guess, yeah, that would definitely be the best way. He understands comedy. Yeah, for sure. I could I could say, I could I could think that. Um, I enjoy The Rock, a lot of The Rock movies. I understand a lot of them are the dumb, like, mainstream <laughs> Hollywood movies. But Yeah, he's like, guess what? I'm going to jump out of the Statue of Liberty onto an eagle and fly it all the way to Washington, D.C. Oh, my God, DC. I just watched the other guys the other day <laughs> aim for the bushes. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that. Yeah, what I think it? I had some friends over, too, and it was their first time watching it. Oh, they're probably like, what the fuck? Yeah, that? so they're like, aim for the bushes, and my friends are just like, okay. And then it's just the whole <laughs> slow yep. motion falling shot. Yep. And then they just smacked the pavement, and both my friends just looked at me like, "What just happened?" Yeah, they're like, I, I was like, "Now it's time for the other guys." <laughs> I think um, another person I would say, I would love to see him do more dramatic stuff, which seems silly to say, but Brian Cranston, dude, he's so good. Brian Cranston, so he, he, he started as like comedy, you know, Malcolm mm-hmm. in the Middle type stuff, and then. You get hit with the Breaking Bad, and people are like, "What the fuck is yeah. this? Where did this come from? Look at this guy!" And he, it's, 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 in my opinion, is the best TV show ever made. Um, Breaking Bad is, and then you get him. He is pretty much since then, as far as in movies, he's mostly stuck to more comedy stuff. Mm-hmm. Now he did play as LBJ, in um, um, oh gosh, I can't think of the name of it now. Uh. But uh, he did it on Broadway, and he won a Tony Award for it. And they also f- did a filmed movie, short film mm-hmm. movie version of it as well that he was really good in. 
So he's done a couple more serious things, but I would love to see him really take another like super serious role and and just and just work with it. Like he his his facial expressions, the way that he delivers his lines. There's not a lot of people that do it better right now than old Brian Cranston. I, I, yeah, I could agree with that most definitely. Yeah. You got any more? Um, I guess um some of the comedy legends from when I was a child, uh, Will Ferrell, Ben Stiller, Adam Sandler. Uh-huh. Uh, I wouldn't watch a lot of their new stuff, but man, back in the 2000s, it was hit after hit after hit. They didn't miss. They didn't. They didn't miss. Uh, I mean, at the time. So, like, if you go back and you watch some of Sandler's stuff, um, like Fifty First Dates. Uh, see, I never actually watched it because don't, I, don't watch it. I've Click. Don't I've heard watch the. It. I actually like Click. I used to like Click, and then I I watched it again like much later, and I was like, this is just weird. I watched it pretty recently. I it's still enjoy it. I understand why you. Probably wouldn't know. It doesn't balance the comedy at and the drama. It goes. Properly. It goes for like just straight up the fucking shitter. Yeah, like comedy right at the beginning, and then you hit the second half when you can't stop fast forwarding, and all of a sudden it's like the most heart wrenching. Yeah, sad for, sack for of no shit. reason. You're like, yeah, <laughs> man. It's just and it's. It's one of those like train wreck things. It's like it's it's almost it's almost cringy to watch to see them self destruct in that way, and there's no redemption for it. And it like if you told the story in a way where that was set up, mm-hmm. then you know maybe that would have landed better. But when you had literally the the <laughs> the level of slapstick style comedy that existed in the beginning, like he's literally turning himself into Shrek and shit, and you're just like, oh, come yeah, on. yeah. It's um, like it's like, you know how in Uncut Gems, first mm-hmm. episode, so it's legendary around these parts. That movie just makes you not feel great at all the entire time. Yeah, which <laughs> For, it's like that, except they tried to also make it funny, and that when you do that, it comes off as just bad. Yeah. Whereas in Uncut Gems, it's like, well, I kind of expected this because that's what I got from the very first scene. <laughs> it was like craziness and stress, anxiety. I knew where we were going. We weren't slowing down. As soon as Adam Sandler's character gets introduced, we're off to the races. Yeah. In Uncut Gems. So that's where that's the best comparison I can think of as to why I don't really love Click. Yeah, I. They should have gone for something lighter. Yeah. Um, on the drama side, should have been more like maybe I didn't appreciate my family as much. Right. Which is the lesson he learns. But he learns it in the hardest fucking way possible. In the most, like, it's not enjoyable to watch. No, it makes see. you sad. Yeah, and it's like, I, that's not what I signed up for. And, and you know, there is that trope with Adam Sandler where people who are just, like, comedy Adam Sandler fans. Like, I'll give you an example. Like, my parents don't like any of his dramas. Um, I really want to watch Punch Drunk Love. Punch Drunk Love is good. That is one of but they hate movies. it. They're like, it's not Adam Sandler. I'm like, guys... Adam Sandler is Adam Sandler. God, that no, like if you just take out that and just watch it for what it is, it's yeah. an excellent movie. Uncut Gems, like I I don't remember. I tried to recommend it to my parents, but as soon as I told them it was not a comedy Sandler film, they were like not interested. I was like, man, I don't. You guys got to be able to separate it because <laughs> that dude can act when he wants to. Oh, you know what? I actually wanted to talk about real quick. Sure. 
So Halloween 2018, have you seen it? Yes, we talked about it on the last episode. Okay, what did you think of it, like, honestly, completely honestly? Um, now, Eli, I talked about it with Eli a little bit. I think you guys watched it together the other day. Yeah, did he tell you some of my points, maybe? I, I don't know. So he told me, like, general thoughts. I don't know which ones were yours and his. Now, he, I, the gist that I got from him mm-hmm. is that he wasn't a huge fan of how either. she became a badass. Yeah, I don't... It's very odd how it all plays out. Yeah, I think it's it gets a little cartoony. It, it does. gets a little cartoony. I I still liked it overall. I thought it was an it was a different take. Like the reason I think I like it is because it was different. Like yeah, the Halloween movies had gotten so. Don't get me wrong. The 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 Rob Zombie ones were gross <laughs> and I and mean, like compelling, but it was the same thing. Like we were just getting Michael Myers. Yeah, you know, doing his thing. And, and at least this one, it was a little bit different. I thought it was a little bit too campy. You guys know how I feel about campiness. It can go either way for me. But um, yeah, that's yeah. just kind of how I felt. What, what, what were you? What do you think? Um, I was, I was actually gonna agree with. I believe it was Dustin who said he liked um that they dropped everything after Halloween one. Oh, uh, Austin. Oh, uh, Austin. Yeah. Yeah. I really enjoyed that. I thought it was great. How um, it was just kind of a. Its like own a, thing. A piece of dialogue too is how you find out that the other ones um were just made up stories. The way yeah, the way they did that was um yeah. it was interesting. You almost want to say like, oh, it's a cop out type thing, but the way they did it I think was it was it was it was funny enough and, and interesting enough that Yeah. I I like that as well. Mm-hmm. I, I like that as well. That's I, I liked the movie. I enjoyed the first half of the film. And then after that the movie went down the toilet to me, honestly. To the point where you don't like it overall? To the point where I don't like it at all. Okay. Um, so, the first half, like I said, honestly, I thought it was amazing. Mm-hmm. For what a horror movie is, I thought it was amazing. Yeah. Um, that, they hit the right tone. God, the gas station scene? Uh-huh. They had, yeah. they had some of those classic scenes, a little bit different, sprinkled in there mm-hmm. just to make it interesting and, and really fun to watch. Yeah, I had to, I had to point out all the... Like the background scenes at the gas station, like mm-hmm. the quick frames of Michael maybe walking past or something just <laughs> way off in the background. Right. I actually had to point those out to um, your brother Eli. Yeah. Though that's the kind of stuff I love in these movies, though. Yeah. That's to me what makes them interesting. That's why I liked when we did Hereditary. It was mm-hmm. like, I mean, now Hereditary, there was that was the, it was one of those things where like, once you realize that you need to be looking in the background then you realize it's a different thing and so you start to notice it. That movie or Halloween twenty eighteen, it just like it uses it for this scene mm-hmm. and it uses it effectively to where you're just like, well hold on a second, hold on. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. And then and then they move on from it. So yeah. they, they they take the they take little ideas, they use them and they move on from it before you have a chance to catch on too much and, and predict mm-hmm. it. And I that's I kinda like the surprise that they did with that. So here's my issue with Halloween two thousand and eighteen. Mm-hmm. Um, the second half just missed the mark, man. The doctor that they set up for no reason—he just kills the I sheriff. Didn't, I didn't really he, like that part either. And then he just gets his head stomped anyway. Also, the first half of the movie sets up—I um, forget what her name is—but Jamie Lee Curtis's granddaughter in the film. Mm-hmm. Um. She has a boyfriend throughout the first half, the the entire first half, and he's almost always around her. 
Like it's almost set up and framed like he's going to be a character. Whether he lives or dies, he's going to be a player in this plot. Yeah. They have a name for that. I don't know what that trope is, but it's like the like they just get forgotten. Yeah, because he, what was it? He gets drunk at the prom and then he just throws her phone in the pudding and that's the end of it. He never shows up ever again. <laughs> what the fuck are you, who wrote this is what I was wondering. I was watching it. I was just thinking, who wrote this? They completely forgot about this. Dude. That's because he's Michael Myers. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, you know, maybe. That's going to be Halloween to the spirit of Mikey. You know, yeah. Takes over his body. Yeah. I can't wait to see that. Yeah. Um. All right, man. Else? Well, before we go, do you have anything else on the on that one? Oh yeah, just a little more. Okay. I, I I'll agree with Eli. I think it was a little too much that um Laurie Strode had this whole mansion with all these traps and everything. The Home Alone. Yeah, it's very odd to me. It felt odd, but here's how I think they could have fixed it. Okay. So, of course, you get like the the two crime podcasters at the beginning. Yeah, the, the man and the woman that goes see kinda, Michael. I kind of, I kind of didn't like that. that I kinda, actually like that. It kind of seemed cheesy to me. It was a little cheesy, but here's how I would have fixed it. Okay, they need to have me in LA right now. <laughs> okay, just editing this shit. Okay, I think the woman should have died in the bathroom like she did. Mm-hmm. And you know how the 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 man was like got his head pounded hard. Yeah. Well, it kind of shows him still a little alive by the end. Like, it doesn't really necessarily confirm that he's dead. And I think it would have been great motivation for his partner to be killed, him to get fucked up, maybe start having a limp. We get a new Dr. Loomis. Oh, okay. All right. You know, that's not an, that's not an awful idea. And it's 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 so I, I'm, I'm really interested to see what they do with the next one. Yeah, right? because this one, like they reinvented so much. Mm-hmm. So it, it's like, are they going to continue to just continue with this kind of new canon, so to yeah. speak? Or are they going to do the same thing and just keep making these iterative? And I don't mean that in a negative way. Mm-hmm. I mean, like they're going to change things again and again and do it like episodic, I guess you could say. Um, I would I would like either. I think I, I'm kind of excited for the next one. And that's a good way to transition to what I wanted to finish our bonus episode here of. Mm-hmm. Our podcast that will be coming out next week, the final episode for our Halloween season, is going to be the original Halloween. So, um, what would you, um, what do you, what do you think about the original Halloween? Let me just get your quick thoughts on it. And I might, I don't know yet. I might clip out what you say and put it in the in the uh, in the episode that we do. So, let me get your thoughts on the original Halloween. The original Halloween. So. What, by that point, John Carpenter had already made The Last House on the left, I believe? So he kind of had a grasp for horror. Oh, definitely. Um, And by that point, I think Texas Chainsaw Massacre was already out too. So there was a little slasher horror build-up. You know, it was kind of coming. And I think he knocked it out of the park. I think Texas Chainsaw Massacre is good. Um, It is what it is. It's cheesy. Halloween's the movie that took it to the next level. You think Halloween Halloween is the the carry the torch forward for for those kinds of movies to to take over? Yeah, oh yeah. I would say uh I would say it was even better than that. I would say the other movies were more like um I guess like the light, the 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 
the lighter or something. I don't know. The, the thing that the, lights the torch. Like, they kind of sparked it off a little, and then I think Halloween kicked it off. Like, because right after Halloween, you had Friday the 13th. Yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, What else? Uh, There was Black Christmas. There was just a bunch of different slashers. You started to see them try to emulate what they were doing. Mm-hmm. For me, I agree with you, because, you know, growing up, that's the one... That was the constant. Now, we watched a bunch of, of horror movies in October, but we always watched Halloween. Always. We, we'd switch some out different years, but we always watched that one. We'd usually almost always kick off Scary Movie October with the original Halloween. And um, still love it. Uh, Michael Myers is like my... Uh, he's on the dream team for me for horror movie villains. He's my hero. Yeah, he's my hero. Um, he's uh, unstoppable. And I can't wait to watch it again. I haven't seen it in probably, gosh, it's probably been five years since I've seen the original Halloween. Really since I moved out of my parents' house. So, um, however long that's been. So, yeah, it's been a while since I've seen it. And uh, I can't wait to watch it again, man. You know what I think it really does that change slashers? It was a master at subtlety. Yeah. Because another thing I hated about the new Halloween was um what is it like his first killings when it shows him walk on the street and the kid bumps him just like the original he walks like straight into a house and just murders someone <laughs> and it's almost like a following shot too well i think so i one of the reasons i think maybe they do that is they were they really were to me trying to do almost like the exact opposite of the original halloween they were trying to take the halloween and then like color inverse it <laughs> you know and so I, I agree with you. I prefer the like um where's he at right yeah, now? We I, don't we I don't like know the in the shadows like the audience doesn't know where he is. Yeah. And and the thing that sucks with the 2018 version, you know, I I know again I do like it, but they they did that really well. Like mm-hmm. like you, we talked about before like the gas station scenes. Like they did good jobs of setting up some of the the more subtle and like the classic Michael Myers yeah. things, but they also it was inconsistent. Yeah. You know, they they couldn't decide which way they wanted to go. I don't know if it was they couldn't decide which way they wanted to go or if they made a conscious choice, like at that half point in the movie, to yeah. turn it into something else and they thought that they had to change everything about, you know, what makes those movies what they are. So, yeah, I I, mean, I still like the original the mm-hmm. best. It's my favorite one. Um, I even like the second one. I Yeah, the know. second one was pretty good. Yeah, I like the second one as well. And then I do like the... The Rob Zombie one, the first, the, the f- first one. Um, you know, I don't, I don't like Rob Zombie that much. I know some people are like, "Oh, it's so gross." It's I couldn't eat after what I watch his movies. It doesn't affect me um, emotionally. I think well, that's the thing. Is so he he's going for another a different kind of scare tactic. It's purely a gross out yeah tactic. Whereas the other ones were this. Uh, there's a dude that's going to kill me, and I don't know where he's at, and he's unstoppable. It was just a different scare tactic. Yeah. For me, I don't like, I don't usually prefer gore. Like, mm-hmm. it's it's not that I, like, can't stomach it. It's just it, it, it sits, it doesn't sit well with me. So, let me just say up front, I am not one of those people that thinks, like, violent movies or violent video games has an effect on, on yeah. kids. I, yeah. I, I don't subscribe to that bullshit. However... I do think that an overabundance of gore, when that is literally all you have, mm-hmm. I do think that that has some 
that that's a bit irresponsible in some ways. I do think that 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 at least in a in like a I don't know how to describe it. Like not not I don't think it really matters. Yeah. But I think for like if we want to move past some of that bullshit that people are talking about, I don't think that kind of stuff is doing it any favors. I guess yeah. that's the best way I could put it. Yeah. I don't think it's I personally don't have a problem with it. I just think it gives it gives these kinds of things a bad name, a bad rep. Yeah. I I'm not well I don't think people are concerned about like when people like a dude kills somebody because like it doesn't have to be a horror movie, or I guess like a slasher movie or monster movie when someone yeah. dies, to for us to not care about like people yeah. just someone just dying. What makes it over the top for a lot of people who want to argue about this being a bad thing is when you see like just over the top executions and and gore and things like that. Well, yeah, like okay, so like I said, I don't mind the gore. But I will say the scene where he's a kid and he's just bashing the other guy with the stick, like mm-hmm. the big, that was like demented. Yeah. Like that made me feel uncomfortable, I guess you could say. I was like, dude, just stop already. Yeah. And, you know, you're, we're meant to feel uncomfortable, mm-hmm. but at a certain point you, you leave just the, the, the sensation of being uncomfortable yeah. to the point where you become more disgusted in a negative way, not like oh that's gross, that's gnarly, but I I love it. It's so entertaining. It's more like I I don't feel like I should be watching this, yeah. <laughs> you know. And so that's that's my view on it. I again, I just want to reiterate, I don't think that you know. I I watched all kinds of horror movies, played all kinds of violent video games as a kid, and uh, yeah, <laughs> that had no effect on me as far as becoming a violent person yeah. as an adult, but. You know, it is what it is. I mean, I did the same thing. I've still never been in a single fight, so <laughs> yeah. You know. So it's not, it's not gonna really. I don't think there's any truth to that, and there's been tons of studies that suggest the same thing. Yeah, there's no, there's no correlation. All right, man. Well, we have almost hit an hour and a half. Usually, what we go for in a regular episode. Any last thoughts you want to give to the people before we head out? Um, Kevin Smith and Richard Linklater. Um, check out their movies. Really great. Uh. For Richard Linklater, I'd start with Dazed and Confused. Uh, for Kevin Smith, I'd start with Clerks. Uh, that's really about it, honestly. Awesome, man. Well, I appreciate you coming by, stopping by on the show. No You've problem. been one of the OGs, one of the OG supporters since the beginning, always in there, always engaging. And uh, I can tell you that the other guys on the show, Tyler and Austin, they also really appreciate you, man. Uh, you are also, I believe, our first patron. So uh, we definitely appreciate that as well, man. Um, now this is to—I I just want to say this right now. Just because you subscribe to our Patreon doesn't necessarily mean you get to make a bonus episode with us, but it's not out of the question. It's not out of the question. We're still exploring ways where um, you know different tiers may be able to uh, participate, kind of in the, what we have going on here. So yeah, guys, thanks for stopping by. We'll see you next week. Thank you. Bye bye. <laughs>